All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for finding me. You're looking at Mike Johnson and a couple of other Republican lawmakers down on their knees looking for one of Lindsey Graham's earrings. Actually, that's Speaker Mike Johnson praying in the House of Representatives because he doesn't believe in separation of church and state. He doesn't think it's a real thing. He actually said that. Oh, I'm sure Speaker Johnson believes in separation of mosque and state. I'm sure he believes in separation of synagogue and state. He just doesn't think separation of church and state is a real thing because he hates America. Our new speaker, Mike Johnson, thinks Americans are evil. As recently as October 3rd, he was caught on tape telling a prayer circle that Judgment Day is upon us, upon us all. Why? Because nearly a quarter of American high school students identify as being part of the LGBTQ community. He hates us. On October 3rd of this year, our new speaker, before he actually became speaker, said, Americans were a dark and depraved people. He said on tape in his prayer circle, we're almost irredeemable. He hates us. In his prayer circle, holding back tears, Mike Johnson looked up to God and said, I ask that you not give us the judgment that we clearly deserve. What do you mean, we? Maybe you, not me. Mike Johnson, you deserve judgment. For nearly a decade, Mike Johnson worked for two organizations that have been classified as hate groups by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Mike Johnson has a lot of explaining to do when he goes before those pearly gates. He was an attorney for Exodus International, which promoted gay conversion therapy around the world, where pastoral counselors attempted to pray away the gay. Several human rights organizations have called gay conversion therapy torture. It is an abomination, so much so that the president of Project Exodus disbanded the entire organization back in 2013 because he said it didn't work. He's still gay. That's the truth. Look it up. He apologized to the LGBTQ community, but to this day, Mike Johnson has not said he's sorry. He's the one who's irredeemable. He's the one who has to answer for his sins. Not you, not me. Mike Johnson still insists homosexuality is a choice. He still says it's a behavior. It's not who you are. His wife, since he became speaker, took down her website because she has the courage of her bigoted convictions She was and is a pastoral counselor who equates homosexuality with bestiality. Well, if you're doing it right, I guess so. Yeah, why not? But that's not what she meant. Mike Johnson 
Our speaker has written several articles calling homosexuality an abomination that should be outlawed. So, Project Exodus, that's the first hate group that the hateful Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, worked for, and he'd still be working for it, but it was disbanded. Okay, for nearly a decade, he worked for another hate group, the Alliance Defending Freedom, which the Southern Poverty Law Center in 2016 labeled a hate group. It's right up there with the KKK, as far as hate groups go. It's a hate group for lawyers. Ask the Southern Poverty Law Center, and are you going to donate to the Southern Poverty Law Center this December? Mike Johnson was one of the lead attorneys and spokespersons for the Alliance Defending Freedom, which to this day is still defending practitioners of gay conversion therapy. They are defending every baker and minister who refuses to participate in a same-sex marriage. You're the one who's irredeemable, Mike Johnson. You're the one who has to answer for their sins. Not me, not most Americans. You, Mike Johnson, are a hateful, hateful bigot. And now you're Speaker of the House. And you might slather a friendly smile over that hateful grin. But we know you hate us. You hate Americans. Mike Johnson hates you. And because he's so prepossessed with his own moral superiority, he's one of the most dangerous people in our country. And believe it or not, I will have more to say about the sinner, Mike Johnson, later on in the show. This is The Mop-Up for November 21st, 2023. I'm David Feldman. Please like and share this episode. Subscribe to my newsletter and my channel and leave a comment. I read all your comments. You know that if you listen to the show. The Guardian says scientists have finally uncorked the secret to why red wine gives us headaches. I'm pretty sure it's more than two bottles of it before bedtime. Pretty sure that's why red wine gives us a headache. Two bottles before bedtime. That's what my studies have shown. But according to the most recent studies, the headaches are caused by a substance known as polyphenols, which are found only in red grapes, which is why I always make sure to order red wine made from white grapes. That's the safest way to drink wet, wet wine. I might have had a little before the show started. He's doing communion. Uh with Mike Johnson. Well, he was on his knees. I don't know if he was doing communion. But uh, yeah, anyway, Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis cop who murdered George Floyd back in 2020 and was sentenced to more than 22 years in prison, appealed his conviction to the United States Supreme Court, which on Monday decided, nah, we don't want to hear it. Lawyers for Chauvin in their motion claimed it was impossible for Derek Chauvin to get a fair trial due to the publicity surrounding the crime. 
the publicity surrounding the crime. You mean the overwhelming evidence, the video of Derek Chauvin with his knee on the neck of the victim for nine minutes? Yeah, that's usually how it goes. When you're caught in flagrante delicto, it's really hard to get a fair trial because you're guilty. Now suck it up, Chauvin. Kyle Rittenhouse, who shot to death two Black Lives Matter protesters and injured one during a protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin back in 2020, and was later acquitted, has written a new book. And it's out today. It's called Acquitted, and that's how he spells it, Acquitted, A-K-K-K-W-I-T-T-E-D, Acquitted. I like the title, actually, Acquitted. Not Innocent. The title of the book isn't Innocent. It's Acquitted. Because if he called it Innocent, that would be a lie. But he was acquitted because he's white. By the way, this Thanksgiving, ask your crazy uncle to name one shooting that took place during a Black Lives Matter protest where a demonstrator, a black protester, shot someone, shot someone to death. Ask your crazy uncle for an analog to Kyle Rittenhouse at Thanksgiving. Interesting and inconvenient stat about the Black Lives Matter movement. In 2020, 11 Black Lives Matter protesters were shot to death, and not a single shot was fired by a BLM protester. Not one. Ask your uncle. Get your phone out and Google it with your crazy uncle. Now, only one pro-Trump protester is reported to have been shot during a Black Lives Matter protest in Oregon, and it's alleged that he was shot by a member of Antifa, which the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, says doesn't exist. Antifa is an ideology. But the suspected member of Antifa is alleged to have fired a shot that killed a pro-Trump protester, And this member of Antifa was killed mysteriously by cops when they thought they found him. So, again, 11 dead BLM protesters, not a single shot fired by a Black Lives Matter protester in the nearly 10,000 marches that took place in 2020. In promoting his book, Rittenhouse, now 20, said he never wanted to be famous. He just wanted to kill two people with an AR-15, injure one, and get away with it. But he didn't want to be famous. He just wanted to be able to kill somebody and not get caught. But fame chose him. He didn't want all this attention because he didn't want to be arrested for murder. It was the cops who made him famous, but he didn't want to be famous. After Rittenhouse was acquitted, and it's exactly two years ago, two years ago, he was invited down to Mar-a-Lago, where Donald Trump met with him and called him a great kid. Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a resolution on the floor of the House to award him a Congressional Medal of Honor. I wish I were making that up. She wanted... Congress to give him a Medal of Honor. But when it came time to vote to award a Congressional Gold Medal to the Capitol Police for their heroism on January 6th, she voted against that. That's your Marjorie Taylor Greene. 
Congressional Medal of Honor for Kyle Rittenhouse because he killed two and injured one with one of Marjorie Taylor Greene's beloved AR-15s. But the Capitol Police officers who protected Congress from the imbeciles Marjorie Taylor Greene was giving tours to on January 5th, well, they don't deserve a medal. Well, anyway, Marjorie Taylor Greene, just like Kyle Rittenhouse, also has a new book out today, and it's called MTG. And in it, she expounds upon her commitment to putting America first. But according to The Guardian, her America First book is published in Canada. The Guardian points out that Marjorie Taylor Greene is also the founder of the America First Caucus, which is dedicated to putting the American workers first. Putting American workers first by not subjecting them to the rancid garbage book that Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote. So make Canadians print it instead. That's how you put America first. Have the Canadians print this trash. Last week, I reported that we weren't sure whether GM workers would approve the tentative contract negotiated by the United Auto Workers. Well, on Monday, the UAW announced that workers have ratified contracts with all big three automakers, including GM. On average, 64% of the workers at all three companies voted yes, but at GM, it was the narrowest, where only 54% voted yes. It's a four and a half year contract guaranteeing that all workers get a 25% raise by the end of the deal and an 11% raise starting immediately with cost of living adjustments along the way. Sean Fain, the head of the United Auto Workers, said he will now set his sights on unionizing Tesla and Toyota workers. Joe Biden, who marched with the workers back in October while they were on strike, congratulated the UAW on Monday. President Biden pointed out that because of this strike, Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, and Subaru announced significant wage increases for their workers. President Biden said during the strike that union contracts don't just benefit union workers, they raise the bar for all workers. Speaking of Tesla, Elon Musk has kept his promise and he filed a lawsuit against Media Matters, that's the left-wing media watchdog, which calls out right-wing as well as neo-Nazi bias on places like Fox News, as well as social media platforms like Twitter. It's been a year since Musk purchased Twitter, with traffic and advertising plummeting because of him because of what he says and because of the kind of speech he encourages. Since taking over, Twitter, Musk has claimed to be a champion of free speech, and he lifted the suspensions of several far, far-right accounts, including neo-Nazi accounts, in order, to in order to guarantee a free and open debate. Well, since then, study after study shows that in the past year, 
Islamophobia, homophobia, misogyny, and anti-Semitism have all increased on his site exponentially. Last week, for example, Musk used his Twitter account to show support for a far-right tweet that accused Jews of being part of the Great Replacement Conspiracy. And this prompted companies like IBM, Disney, Lionsgate, Paramount, and Apple to say they would no longer advertise on Twitter. Over the summer, Musk threatened to sue the Jewish Anti-Defamation League, claiming the Anti-Defamation League was responsible for Twitter's sluggish ad sales. That's a smart move, blaming the Jews for, for not making money. Good. But he didn't follow through with the lawsuit. But... After Media Matters posted examples of ads from mainstream advertisers, examples of ads on Twitter being right next to anti-Semitic neo-Nazi posts and hashtags, Musk threatened to go thermonuclear, he said, and sue Media Matters. You know, because Musk is all about freedom of speech. On Monday, he went ahead and filed the lawsuit. The head of Media Matters calls the lawsuit frivolous. He's a champion of the First Amendment, and he's going to keep championing the First Amendment till there are no media watchdogs left. Ken Paxton is the recently impeached attorney general of Texas who survived a vote to remove him in the state Senate, so he's still the attorney general of Texas, but he goes on trial next spring for securities fraud, and the federal government is investigating him for accepting bribes from a wealthy donor who allegedly gave a job to Paxton's mistress so she could live and work closer to the state attorney general while he was doing the people's business in Austin. That would be Texas's capital. He was doing the people's business. Paxson, as Texas Attorney General, sued the state of Pennsylvania in the immediate aftermath of the 2020 presidential election, claiming Pennsylvania had fraudulently awarded their electoral votes to Joe Biden instead of Donald Trump. And a lot of red state attorney generals signed on to this lawsuit. The case was thrown out by the Supreme Court before January 6th. But not before Mike Johnson, Speaker Mike Johnson, not before he served as the point man in the House of Representatives, convincing nearly 150 Republican House members to sign an amicus brief in support of this fraudulent lawsuit. Well, on Monday, Paxton announced that his office is launching an investigation into media matters saying he had reason to believe Media Matters was manipulating data on Twitter in order to make the social media platform look like a cesspool of anti-Semitic Nazi propaganda. Hmm, I don't think you need to manipulate data to do that. I just think you need to log on and see what Twitter is about since Musk took over. Well, why is Ken Paxton the state attorney general for Texas? suing or investigating media matters because Elon Musk has moved Tesla and SpaceX to Texas. That's where he's doing most of the hiring. 
down in Texas. Speaker Mike Johnson kept his word and has begun releasing Capitol Police security footage from January 6th. The first tranche of 90 hours of this footage came out on Friday, and now the election deniers are looking for ways to deny that January 6th ever happened. I'm being serious. On Thursday's show, I played you clips from last week's Homeland Security hearings, where Louisiana Congressman Clay Higgins told FBI Director Christopher Wray that the people who stormed the Capitol were FBI agents dressed like Trump supporters. Marjorie Taylor Greene then told the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, that all January 6th was was a little three-hour event that the FBI needs to get over. Now, this is all part of the fascist playbook. You take the truth and have fun with it in order to own the libs, in order to own government officials who take their job seriously. The idea... Marjorie Taylor Greene and Clay Higgins, is you try to convince the libs or the FBI that you, as a Republican, genuinely believe this was a false flag operation. The MAGA Republicans know January 6th happened, but they can continue the insurrection by owning the libs and insisting it was the FBI agents, even though they know It wasn't. And by doing this, they know some of their idiot MAGA followers will actually believe them. Or if their MAGA followers have an ounce of intelligence, they play along to own the libs by insisting it was all a false flag operation. It's part of the fascist playbook to gaslight the libs and distract Because to these people, politics is just getting away with things, telling lies, and having fun with people who take politics seriously. Because it's not like these Republicans went into politics to actually help anyone. So they play games and pretend they actually believe the deep, dark state was behind the January 6th. Insurrection. This is Dr. Ronnie Jackson of Texas. He's an example of this, the way the Republicans like to play the libs. He was President Trump's White House physician, but when Trump nominated Ronnie Jackson, Dr. Ronnie Jackson, to be head of the Veterans Administration, some things came out about Ronnie Jackson, like his nickname. He had a nickname in the Oval Office. It was the Candyman, because according to Vanity Fair and other sources, Dr. Ronnie Johnson was more than happy to to prescribe uppers or downers to Trump staffers, depending on what they needed. As Trump's personal physician in the White House, Dr. Ronnie told the press that Trump was a specimen He would give Trump physicals and then tell the press, the man is a specimen who will live to be 200. And Dr. Ronnie Jackson was more than willing to say Trump was taller, so Trump's weight wouldn't make him sound obese. Donald, 
I know you look obese. I can't help you with that. But I can make it so you don't sound obese. I can add a little inches to your height so you don't sound obese. You're going to look obese, but you won't sound obese. We also learned that Dr. Ronnie Jackson liked to drink, especially when he was traveling with President Trump, and would sometimes knock on the hotel doors of attractive, <laughs> of attractive White, House, White House staffers in the middle of the night demanding, shall we say, to get to know them better. A doctor. Well, after Speaker Johnson released the 90 hours of video from January 6th, Dr. Jackson obviously poured over all 90 hours and immediately decided it proved what? I don't know. That Nancy Pelosi is a liar. Liz Cheney. Here's what he tweeted. This is what he tweeted. Liz Cheney and Nancy Pelosi used their corrupt J6 committee to demonize every Trump supporter in the country. What's being revealed from the J6 tapes is shocking. They lie to the country and use J6 to weaponize government to promote their own corrupt agenda. Horrible people. Okay, so what's in the 90 hours? What, what, what is it? Like, I, I've seen a couple. It's like exhausted police officers unable to chase after some guy with a Confederate flag, and people go, see? The cops were in on it. Senator Mike Lee of Utah is a lawyer and a Republican, and he decided the new video revealed that someone named Kevin Lyons, who is now in prison, he, he's claiming, Senator Mike Lee, that Video reveals that Kevin Lyons, who's now in prison, flashed an FBI badge at a Capitol Police camera. And this is proof that everyone who stormed the Capitol on January 6th was working for the FBI. This is what Senator Mike Lee tweeted. He has incontrovertible evidence, and he's a lawyer. He tweeted, quote, I can't wait to ask FBI Director Christopher Wray about this at our next oversight hearing. I predict that, as always, his answers will be 97% information free. Well, it turns out that it wasn't an FBI badge that Kevin Lyons was flashing. It was a vape pen. I wonder if it was the same vape pen that Senator Mike Lee was sucking on when he wrote that tweet. But as usual, Mike Lee didn't bother to apologize when a community note on Twitter next to the senator's post said, and I quote, the person is not flashing a badge. He is not a government employee or source. It is Kevin Lyons who was recently sentenced to four years in jail for his actions on January 6th. By the way, he called police officers Nazis. Wasn't an FBI badge. It was a vape pen. You would think a United States senator would know the difference between a vape pen and an FBI badge. And no apology. 
No apology. Marjorie Taylor Greene said the release of these tapes is just the tip of the iceberg, and she's demanding that Speaker Mike Johnson announce the formation of a new committee to investigate what really happened on January 6th. Yes, let's let's get to the bottom of who planted those pipe bombs outside the DNC and RNC headquarters that didn't go off, Marjorie. Let's get to the bottom of that. The fact that they didn't go off suggests you might have been behind it. Uh, Yeah, we could look at the tapes. I don't think we need another January 6th committee, Marjorie. Uh, There's nothing in those tapes that proved anything other than Donald Trump tried to block the certification of an election for Joe Biden by instigating an insurrection. But Marjorie Taylor Greene says she wants accountability for all the lives ruined. The nearly 1,000 January Sixers who were arrested and put on trial, whose lives were ruined. Well, as you know, people who listen to this show are fully aware that we've been paying attention to the arrests, the arraignments, the convictions, the sentencing of the nearly 1,000 January Sixers. And not a single one of them ever claimed to be FBI or deep, dark state. Seems to me when you're looking at a 20-year prison sentence, that's when you expose the FBI and the deep, dark state and flip didn't happen. Meanwhile, the Washington Post uh, reports that in her three years in Washington, Marjorie Taylor Greene has introduced or sponsored 45 bills. One third of those bills, one third of her bills were to impeach or censure Joe Biden, the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, or Rashida Tlaib. Uh, But her censure of Rashida Tlaib didn't take. It was somebody else's censure. So, uh, and the other two-thirds of her bills uh, that she either co-sponsored or introduced, nothing got passed. Yet, she was reelected, beating her opponent by 30 percentage points, and has a war chest in excess of $1 million, meaning she has to be reckoned with inside the Republican House caucus. So, I, you know, I, I, I know that they're trying to gaslight us by saying these things because it upsets us when you deny January 6th, when you deny an election, even though you, you know Trump lost, but say he won anyway. You know January 6th was an insurrection, uh, but you deny that it actually took place, that it was the FBI. They're gaslighting us. They're trying to get us upset. If you dignify what they're saying, you run the risk of playing into their hands. But if you ignore them and don't correct them, you run the risk of millions and millions of Americans believing their horse shit. So I really don't know what the answer is. In the past, I wouldn't dignify these people. Uh, But then I see Jamie Raskin and Dan Goldman taking them on. 
And I'm thinking, well, those guys are much smarter than I am, and they think it's important to challenge these liars and engage and dignify what they're saying. I think you have to. I, I, I think you have to get into the rhetorical gutter with them. Not physical gutter, but I think rhetorically, you got to push back and keep exposing them as the the liars, the sociopaths, the, the, the sinners, the non-Christian, non-religious, fake, God-fearing sinners that they are. Over the weekend, Marjorie Taylor Greene let Speaker Mike Johnson know that she's very, unha- she's very unhappy with the job he's doing. And by that, she means he's not paying any attention to her. And that's the truth. Right. He's doing the same thing uh, Kevin McCarthy was doing. But because Kevin McCarthy gave her committee assignments and brought her into the inner sanctum, she was happy with the, the job he was doing. But Mike Johnson can't be bothered with Marjorie Taylor Greene. So she is just angry and she is desperate for attention. She is now complaining that a male Republican member of the House touched her inappropriately during a meeting of the Republican caucus in the lead-up to picking a new speaker. She has told Mike Johnson she wants this investigated. She says that a congressman, a Republican congressman, touched her forcefully in front of other people and angrily tried to get her to sit down and be quiet. And Marjorie Taylor Greene said she felt threatened. Hmm, all those guns you have and you still feel threatened. Speaker Johnson promised that he would look into it when everyone returns from the Thanksgiving break. Speaker Johnson says he's going to have a meeting with the the congressman who Marjorie Taylor Greene says physically assaulted her. So there's that to look forward to. There's that to look forward to. The Human Rights Campaign is America's largest lobbying organization for the LGBTQ community. And thanks to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Human Rights Campaign, for the first time in its 40-year history, has declared a national emergency for the LGBTQ plus community and issued a travel advisory for the state of Florida warning that thanks to anti-drag laws and bathroom bills, it's no longer safe to visit Florida. On Monday, the Human Rights Campaign issued a new report saying violence against transgender Americans has reached record highs. So far this year, 26 transgender Americans were murdered simply because They were transgender Americans, and these are always underreported by the police because it's usually the police. I'm not going to say they're murdering transgender Americans, but they're certainly raping them. Uh, So 26 transgender Americans were murdered this year that we know of, and that doesn't include the thousands who are beaten, raped, and denied housing and employment. Human Rights Campaign, in their new report, said that transgender women of color 
are most likely to be victims of violence as well as job and housing discrimination. Moms for Liberty was founded two years ago in Florida and has been labeled a far-right extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which you should donate to when you make your contributions at the end of the year. The Southern Poverty Law Center. The FBI uses the Southern Poverty Law Center. They use their researchers to determine who's a hate group and who isn't. And Moms for Liberty has been labeled a far-right extremist group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has spoken at their events, and Moms for Liberty has in turn supported Ron DeSantis, especially his Don't Say Gay bill and book bannings. Moms for Liberty has been at the forefront of Florida's parental rights movement, forbidding the teaching of LGBTQ rights, history, forbidding the teaching of LGBTQ issues in our public schools. Moms for Liberty has formed alliances with the Proud Boys, as well as other Christian organizations that accuse homosexuals of grooming young boys. Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, and Vivek Ramaswamy all spoke at the Moms for Liberty 2023 annual conference in June, where they all railed against the woke mob trying to turn our children gay. Moms for Liberty opposes gender-affirming care for minors and has actually advocated separating LGBTQ students from the rest of the school population. Philip Fisher is a pastor in Philadelphia, and he's one of the leading voices for Moms for Liberty. This pastor served as uh, kind of Philadelphia's point person for Moms for Liberty, especially for a big conference they held over the summer, which focused on denying transgender identity and banning books in our schools and libraries with LGBTQ themes, banning drag queen story hour. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported on Monday that Pastor Philip Fisher, besides all that, is also a registered sex offender. In 2012, Pastor Fisher pled guilty to aggravated sexual abuse of a 14-year-old, wait for it, boy. A boy. That's Pastor Fisher from Moms for Liberty. A hate group. A hate group where all the leading Republican presidential candidates spoke. A hate group. Speaking of hate groups... Let's talk about the marriage of Mike Johnson and his crone of a wife. Speaker Mike Johnson has been an outspoken critic of homosexuality. In the early 2000s, he advocated for its criminalization. He blamed the fall of the Roman Empire 
on the epidemic of gay people. That's what he said. There was an epidemic of gay people in ancient Rome, and that's why Rome fell. As I said earlier, before going into politics, Speaker Johnson was legal counsel to Exodus International, which provides the type of gay conversion therapy to children now outlawed in places like California and the European Union. Some human rights organizations classify gay conversion therapy as torture. According to CNN, Johnson partnered with Exodus to hold an anti-gay event for teenagers down in Louisiana. This was back in 2005, and Mike Johnson and his wife called it the Day of Truth to serve as a counter-protest against the Day of Silence where students in Louisiana protested anti-LGBTQ plus bullying. That's what Mike Johnson and his crone of a wife did. Students were protesting the bullying of LGBTQ students. So Mike Johnson and his crone of a wife decided to stage a counter-protest that supports the bullying of the LGBTQ community. In promoting his event back then, Mike Johnson said homosexuality was dangerous and that homosexuals could change, that they could be straight if they wanted to be straight. He said homosexuality is something you do, not something you are. Well, Exodus went out of business in 2013. Its president, Alan Chambers, look him up, Alan Chambers, issued an apology for claiming that he was able to cure homosexuality by praying away the gay. Chambers said, I'm gay and this conversion therapy isn't working on me no matter how hard I pray I still have same-sex attraction. I realize now that Exodus imprisons homosexuals. And he apologized, and he ended the organization. How often do you hear about that? Somebody saying, I was wrong, and we're not taking any more donations, and Exodus is out of business. He apologized. But the legal counsel, Mike Johnson, never apologized, never spoke out against gay conversion therapy. And he's our speaker now. He never apologized for supporting gay conversion therapy. Instead, he continues to speak out against homosexuality. He served as a lawyer for the Alliance Defending Freedom which the Southern Poverty Law Center in 2016 labeled a hate group right up there with the KKK. But instead of robes, they wear suits. This is what the Southern Poverty Law Center said about Mike Johnson's alliance defending freedom. Now, he was a, before he went into politics, he was one of their lawyers and one of their top spokesmen. This is what the Southern Poverty Law Center said about Mike Johnson's Alliance Defending Freedom, which is still very much alive. This is what they wrote, quote, founded by some 30 leaders of the Christian right. 
the Alliance Defending Freedom is a legal advocacy and training group that has supported the recriminalization of sexual acts between consenting LGBTQ adults in the U.S. and criminalization abroad, like the kill the, ba- kill the gay bill that got passed in Uganda this summer. The, uh, they go on to write that the Alliance Defending Freedom has defended state-sanctioned sterilization of trans people abroad, has contended that LGBTQ people are more likely to engage in pedophilia. That's a lie. And claims that a homosexual agenda will destroy Christianity and society. ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, also works to to develop religious liberty legislation and case law that will allow the denial of goods and services to LGBTQ people on the basis of religion, religious freedom, to be a bigot. Since the election of President Trump, the Alliance Defending Freedom has become one of the most influential groups in forming the administration's attack on LGBTQ rights. That's what the Southern Poverty Law Center says about... Mike Johnson's Alliance Defending Freedom. It's a hate group for nearly a decade. This is true. Our speaker for nearly a decade, from 2002 until 2010, Mike Johnson was a spokesman for the Alliance Defending Freedom and was one of their principal attorneys for the ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. Then he went into politics. The ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, right now has a case before the Supreme Court to defend Christian therapist Brian Tingley, to defend his right to practice gay conversion therapy, even though it's been outlawed and called torture by human rights organization. That's who Mike Johnson is. That is, it's President Biden, Vice President Harris, and then him, third in line, that's who the Speaker of the House is here in, Amel- here in America. He hates us. He hates this country. He thinks we're all sick and depraved. This backwater hick from Louisiana is judging us. Kelly, his crone of a wife, uh, hosts a podcast with... Speaker Mike Johnson. On the show, Mike Johnson and his crone of a wife compared homosexuality to bestiality. She is a pastoral counselor, and she advises her uh, followers that homosexuality and same-sex marriage are sins. Even though, as the New York Times points out, 70% of us Americans, we approve same-sex marriage. 70% of us support same-sex marriage. But his crone of a wife uh, says it's a sin. They hate us. They hate us. The Johnsons have a very dark view of America and Americans, and they uh, have contempt 
for the overwhelming number of us who are either gay or support same-sex marriage. They don't approve of Americans. They worry that God and Jesus are about to punish us, and they think we deserve to be punished. During a recent prayer event caught on tape, this was on October 3rd of this year, this was the day before Kevin McCarthy was told to vacate the chair. Mike Johnson, caught on tape uh, during a prayer circle, lamented that nearly a quarter of high school students in America identify as LGBTQ. And that seems to be backed up by a recent study uh, from the Centers for Disease Control. And that's a good thing. Uh, I'm sure a lot of those high school students were just saying it, which is a good thing to identify as LGBTQ, whether you are or not. But Johnson said uh, that's why we're losing the country, because a quarter of our kids are LGBTQ. He lamented that church attendance has dropped 50% in the past decade. Yeah, because you don't recognize same-sex marriage you want to increase church attendance? Stop beating up on 70% of Americans. 70% of Americans support same-sex marriage. Uh, you want to pack the church? And then he said, this is really scary because he's the speaker. This is what the speaker, Mike Johnson, said. He said, America has become so dark, so depraved, it almost seems irredeemable. No, I think Mike Johnson and his crone of a wife are so dark and depraved, they are irredeemable. He said the problems in the Republican caucus are so troublesome, he prayed for a supernatural intervention from Jesus himself. Well, I don't know why you would call Jesus supernatural. That doesn't sound devout to me. He said a supernatural intervention from Jesus himself. He said, our speaker, he said America has become a nation of sinners. He said it's only a matter of time before we as a nation are judged for our collective sins and feel the wrath of God. Now, here's the thing. I agree with Mike Johnson about our collective sins, I just disagree on what exactly those sins are. Uh, I believe Jesus will smite us for allowing our health care system to be run in the name of mammon instead of healing people. I'm pretty sure my readings of the New Testament tell me that Jesus would be really pissed off if he saw our for-profit health care system. Uh Pretty sure Jesus would be judging this country for turning away migrants at the border, especially the children. I think baby Jesus was a migrant. I'm pretty sure, uh, just off the Sermon on the Mount, that America wasting money on weapons instead of building affordable housing for our nation's homeless. I'm pretty sure Jesus would go Book of Revelations on us if he was paying attention. So 
Yeah, Mike Johnson and your crone of a wife. We will be judged. And uh, we will be judged for judging others, Mike Johnson. We will be judged for judging other people's sexuality, their gender, their identity, and how or whom they choose to love. Yes, a day of judgment is upon us because people like Mike Johnson and his crone of a wife worship false idols. They have lost the thread of Jesus's teachings if they ever even knew what Jesus's teachings were. Jesus taught all of us to love, to love all men, to kiss them and blow them, and to love any way and any how, because to do otherwise is to turn your back on Jesus, to have the same cold, dark heart that Speaker Mike Johnson and his stupid, stupid, bigoted crone of a wife most certainly have. The Johnsons are completely out of step with America and out of line. You're out of line. I stand in judgment of Mike Johnson. And I say from the book of John, judge not lest ye be judged. And I am judging you, Mike Johnson. Here's what I know to the core of my very being, Mike Johnson, because I read the holy books. I know you are going to burn in hell. You're going to burn in hell for judging the LGBTQ community. Nobody from the LGBTQ community is burning in hell because they're a member of the LGBTQ community. Nobody burns in hell for how and whom they love. You burn in hell for judging love. You, and I know this to the core of my very being, it's how I was raised, it goes back generations. I know you, Mike Johnson, are gonna burn in hell. You're a hateful little, you're a little man. You're a small-minded bigot, a backwater hick from Louisiana who has risen way beyond his station. And because you have judged the LGBTQ community, I say this to the core of my very being. I say this with God and Jesus on my side. Mike Johnson, Satan's fire shall scorch your pale skin. Mike Johnson, it is time for you to repent. Drop to your knees and blow me. I'm David Feldman reminding you to stay strong and protect the weak. And know who the enemy is. Now, I am not talking... Uh, Politically, they're wrong, you're right. He's wrong. Every holy book, if you go look and read the New Testament, there's nothing about 
homosexuality. Nothing. Little, some, some weird stuff in Leviticus. I don't think you're allowed to blow a guy with shellfish in your mouth on a Tuesday. But why is he reading Leviticus? That's Old Testament. Let me assure you, if you're a member of the LGBTQ community, uh, it is a sin not to love any way you can as long as uh, you're adults and consenting adults. It is not a sin. It is a sin to judge the way people love. Mike Johnson is, and his crone of a wife are going to burn in hell. They already are there. Uh, do not let them get to you. They're bad people. And I judge them because I can, because I have God and Jesus on my side. And I know that to the core of my very being. Please share this. Please like this. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter. Subscribe to my channel. Um, thank you to the people in the chat room. Thank you. I don't know if Bob is awake right now. We started late. 